Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. So you're an environmentally-minded investor. Where should you park your money? An ESG fund could be a good option, but what even is ESG? Today on Parts Per Billion, we talk about what those three letters mean and why they may not mean as much as a lot of people think they do. Hello, and welcome back once again to Parts Per Billion, the environmental podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm your host, David Schultz. For some time now, there's been a movement among certain investors who are concerned not just with getting a return on their investments, but also on the behavior and societal impact of the companies they invest in. The name for these investors is ESG, and that stands for Environmental, Social, and Corporate Governance. I guess the C in corporate is silent. To cater to the growing number of ESG investors, there are now a lot of companies, not to mention mutual funds and ETFs, that market themselves as good ESG investments. But what does that actually mean? What does a company have to do to be able to don the ESG halo? According to recent reporting from Bloomberg Law's Andrew Ramonas, not nearly as much as you might think. Andrew's been covering the evolution of ESG investing for quite some time, and he says there are now efforts from both the public and private sectors to more tightly regulate what is and isn't an ESG investment. And we'll get to that in a second. But first, I wanted to revisit a podcast I did with Andrew way back in February, just a few weeks after the inauguration. Back then, he said the new Biden SEC might move at lightning speed to require more corporate environmental disclosures. I started by asking him, well, did it? Uh, No, they haven't yet, but they are working towards that. Uh, They released an agenda uh, recently that puts um, ESG disclosure proposals Uh, out in uh, this fall. So hopefully by October or November, uh, folks might start seeing uh, what the SEC is actually thinking about as far as ESG um, disclosures go. Well, that's important because, uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about and thinking about ESG investing. uh, And I think a lot of more people are talking about how the rules for what is an ESG investment and who can call themselves an ESG investment are, are surprisingly lax. Um, so you're uh, you're doing some reporting now about some new measures that are going to be taken. What's the latest that's going on? Right now, the SEC and um, a group called the CFA Institute, which is um, an ethics organization for the finance industry. And that's, uh, let me see if I can get this, CFA, uh, Certified Financial A. What's the A? Chartered Financial Analyst, actually. Uh, You're close. Was I close? I don't think I was that close. Um, Sorry, go ahead. Chartered Financial Analyst. Analyst. Yes. They're coming out with um, some requirements, uh, at least um, on the the CFA Institute side. These would be voluntary um, guidelines, if you will. Um, And the SECs would be actual mandates. Right. 
Uh, and let's take a step back and, and remind listeners why this is important, because ESG investing is no longer just sort of a niche part of the market. Like, this is a big deal. Can we quantify, like, how, you know, big a part of the investing market this is? Trillions of dollars. Um, there is a lot of money in this, and a lot of money hinges on how ESG is defined. And right now, it's sort of... Uh, ambiguous term, at least in the United States. Um, there are no um, ESG disclosure mandates. There's no ESG definition. Um, you know, it's sort of whatever you want to say it is, it is at this point. But the uh, SEC is really looking, trying to, um, you know, put some more clarity around that. So, I mean, this is kind of a, a silly hypothetical here, but like, could I just start like the Schultz Fund, the Schultz ESG Fund, where I'm just saying like, yeah, I'm going to invest in all these like environmentally friendly companies. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what they are or how I decide what that is, but they're going to be ESG funds. And all you environmentally conscious investors, just give me all your money and I'll invest them. But I could do whatever I want with, with that. Like, is that, is it as loose as that no you know to to some extent you can't under sec rules you can't lie about your investments you can't uh, give misleading or false statements you have to make some disclosures and the sec already because of their interest in how firms are handling esg they've been looking to see if okay if your firm puts out a policy saying you know, we're investing in ESG this way, and these are our funds, and this is how they invest in ESG, and then the SEC, and you don't actually do what you're saying, That that's a problem, even under current rules. But what gets a little bit more hazy is, you know, when you say something is green, but what really is green or what's really socially responsible? There's not a, a definition of that. Yeah. And that uh, leads into the concept of greenwashing, which is something that you uh, have written about and are writing about. Can you talk a little bit about that, how the SEC is sort of worried about this, that greenwashing of ESG funds is is becoming a problem? Yeah. G Gary Gensler, the new Democratic chairman of the SEC, has spoken about this as well as um, other Democrats on the uh, the commission. Um, they 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 fear that asset managers could be misleading uh, investors about what actually is in these um, you know ESG uh, funds and products that they're uh, that they're marketing. Um, and you know Gensler has said that he he's wants uh, investors to have the ability to sort of look under the hood of these uh, these funds and understand a bit more about. You know what exactly is these ESG you know things that are, are are in there? Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers comp and more. 
With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. But let's get back to the CFA Institute. Um, you know, you mentioned that they're putting forward their own standards for what an ESG fund should be. Those would be voluntary. The SEC's actions, meanwhile, would not be voluntary. Why are there these two parallel uh, processes going on? Like, why is the CFA Institute doing this if the SEC is just going to come up with its own set of rules that are mandatory. Well, groups like uh, the Investment Company Institute and the and SIFMA, these are trade groups that uh, represent uh, asset managers. They they don't think CFA institutes um, their work is really necessary at this time. They think they should um, you know wait until the SEC's done and then maybe do something after that. They think there's just too many too many cooks in the kitchen, so to speak, right now. Um, but CFA Institute is really, you know, it, it believes that it doesn't really have time to wait. There already are, um, you know, funds are already being marketed as ESG. And right now it's sort of a uh, wild west in the U.S. of, you know, uh, what what is an ESG fund? You can kind of say whatever you want. Um, and the CFA Institute is trying to bring some clarity to what it says is try to bring some clarity to investors um, that it says they they want and some higher higher quality disclosures which they say they're not always getting that that's interesting so I so the CFA Institute is not saying you know we don't like what the SEC is doing we're doing our own thing they're more saying like we just need we need these rules now we can't wait for you know the government which is famously very slow moving to move very slow we need something now because this is such an unregulated area. Right, that's correct. And they're trying to they're trying to get ahead of the game and trying to give these firms they don't want to, you know, they would like to have something. There's at least some firms that want um, guidelines, something that they can point to and tell their customers, hey, you know, we're following this, we're we're in good shape, and you should be confident in the investments that uh, you're making at these RESG. Yeah, this this really seems like one of those areas where a lack of regulation actually hurts like everyone in this market because there's, you know, if there are firms that actually are, you know, creating funds that only invest in environmentally friendly companies or you know, and spend a lot of time picking and choosing those those investments. You know, they they're competing against people who don't do that, who aren't really spending a lot of time making decisions about what companies to invest in, and so that's that's a competitive disadvantage for them. Yeah, but you know, some of these financial industry uh, trade groups, that they, what they're concerned about is okay, CFA Institute releases its disclosure standards. You know, some firms start complying with it and try to match what what the CFA Institute wants. And then come, you know, a few months, maybe a year or so down the line, there's a disclosure framework that the SEC puts out that maybe is the same, but maybe is a little different. Then you have to change everything again. And that could be that could be challenging for a, a firm to do. All right. Finally, let's take a step back here and think about the future. 
Um, you know, ESG investing is relatively new. Uh, it's obviously in a uh, state of transition. What's it going to look like in, let's say, five years? Are, are we going to see the term ESG become so heavily regulated that it's almost like the term organic, where like USDA, you know, has a very specific set of conditions about which farmers can be labeled organic and which products can be labeled organic. Is that where we're heading with with ESG? That's a possibility. You know, the SEC, which would take the lead, at least in the U.S., on trying to, um, you know, make some sense of ESG, they could very well have definitions about what each part of ESG from the environmental, the social, and the governance means. Um, and it could become very, you know, regulated. It's just we'll kind of wait to see what happens. You know, there's always there's different approaches where you could have, you know, where you where there might not be, you know, specific definitions. It might be sort of a okay, you have what you have in your mind is ESG. Well, you got to explain it better to your customers. And if you don't explain it, then you're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Does, is that even something that people in Wall Street want? Like, do they want ESG to be very the term, the brand ESG to be very strictly regulated, or or are they like, no, let's just sort of let the market decide. Yes, I, I think I think Wall Street, a lot of Wall Street, kind of likes the flexibility, uh, where they can they can define it as how they want. But uh, on the other side, there are investors who are calling for more specific and uh, definitions of what it all means. Uh, so there's kind of the, you know, the the perennial conflict between investors and um, you know Wall Street over what um, you know what should happen. Well, uh, that will provide a lot of grist for uh, Andrew Monis's mill. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us on Parts Per Billion. Uh, we'll have you back on uh, again to talk about it. Great. Thanks for having me. That's it for today's episode of Parts Per Billion. If you want more environmental news, check us out on Twitter. We have the handle at Environment. I myself am at David B. Schultz. That's B as in buy shares of the Schultz Fund today. And today's episode of Parts Per Billion was produced by myself, David Schultz. Parts Per Billion was created by Jessica Coombs and Rachel Daigle. Our executive producer is Josh Block. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. I am going to be off for a few weeks, uh, but I will see you when I return from my vacation. Until then, sayonara. For our next season of Uncommon Law, we're looking at the regulatory future of big tech. The giants need to be broken up. Facebook, Google, all of them. Is big tech impinging on your right to free speech? They've had unchecked power to censor, restrict, edit, shape, hide, alter. Misinformation, disinformation. It's like a big Venn diagram. We do not want to become the arbiters of truth. We're calling this series Unchecked. Just search for Uncommon Law wherever you get your podcasts. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com.